Welcome everybody to the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm Matt, one of your co-hosts. I discuss the differences between the manga and anime in Matt's manga mentions. And I'm Lance, your other co-host. I walk you through Lance's lessons, where I teach you a Japanese word related to each and every episode. Join us and immerse yourself as we explore the world of anime. Don't forget to drop by the lounge every other week. Again, that's Anime Lounge Podcast. This is RangerCast, episode 18, Haidera Aotearoa, recorded on Wednesday, July 12th, 2023. In this episode, Power Rangers decamps from its longtime home, news on upcoming toys, and an actor completes a superhero trifecta. This is RangerCast. As always, I am Tyler, better known as Rito Volso, and with me I have Lamar. Hey everyone, how you doing? Hey, hey. So, the big news, you know, as you heard it in the intro, is we know for real that Power Rangers is leaving New Zealand. We are going to get to that uh, news and some other uh Drips and drabs about Cosmic Fury later on in the show. And also, you can find us online at readercast.net. Please read and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's how people find us. Now to news. Once a Ranger, the soundtrack just hit streaming a few days ago. It is on Apple Music, Spotify, presumably other places as well. And I like, you know, listening to the soundtrack and kind of reimagining those scenes in my head. That's lots of fun, but also kind of uh, noticing the layers that you didn't really hear uh, when you were watching it live. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Mighty Morphin music is always great. Pump up music, it's great for working out. It's great for, um, for, well, trying to keep yourself motivated in a tough job. There's a ton of really great benefits uh, to listening to it. And I actually wasn't aware um, that they were putting this out. So I'm going to be um, finding this for my next uh, workout playlist and and really enjoying it. Because honestly, like it was cool that they brought Ron Wasserman back. And enough there that I would say you could definitely feel the nostalgia, but you could also see where they went a little bit more original. Yeah, and I think uh, Ron has spoken to this as well. The feel of the music is not, like, it's not, like, as guitar-heavy or anything like that as the music he was doing back in the day because the story doesn't call for it. Well, and it's not the early 90s anymore. Right, well, well, it's like, you know, it's more more of a... a, uh, like it's more of a dramatic story than Absolutely. what would be told in season one or something. Right. No, this is definitely, it's a tribute piece and it's meant to be. I mean, my wife was even saying like that she felt nostalgic for it and she <laughs> didn't watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers until we got married. Um. So yeah, no, they did a fantastic job with just really making the soundtrack feel alive. Um. 
and it, it fit perfectly. You know, it wasn't a pure rehash, but it also wasn't a totally different beast. They, they yeah. really hit that gap. The only thing that was in the special and is not on the soundtrack is the uh, tribute song at the end, um, probably for like legal reasons or something. That makes yeah, sense. I, I actually uh, I was at Awesome Con and um, Amy Jo Johnson actually was there, um, and she said that she really was happy with how that tribute was done. She was really you know proud of everyone who. Uh, was in the special. She also talked a bit about working on um, on her MMPR comic series that she's working on with her boyfriend. There will be a tease in August that'll set it up, but I digress. Uh, see, we also in news, we got some toy news, a good bit of toy news. Uh, 3-0 is putting out an armored Black Ranger. Uh, it's a one-sixth scale, like all the others, 34 points of articulation, fully detailed dragon shield armor vest. It is available for a pre-order on Hasbro Pulse. Um, and I probably should have pulled up how much it would be. Professional. Uh... I mean, it's it's definitely not cheap from what I remember. Um, and obviously the aftermarkets are going to make this even more expensive. Um but, I mean, it does look gorgeous. So, I mean, if this is your, you know... It's, you it's 100 to, bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, not cheap. <laughs> I don't exactly have that lying around. But, you know, if you are someone that does, you know, this looks like a fantastic figure for you. Yeah, absolutely. It comes with uh, utility. It comes with belt, obviously. Uh, but also several pairs of hands, uh, blade blaster... All power acts, obviously, all of that. Uh, fabric costumes. I don't have any of the three zero figures. Uh, you know, it gets to the point where you can only buy like the Megazord, for example, so many times. Right. No, for sure. I mean, I strictly do the Lightning Collection because I need to keep myself from spending all of our discretionary income on Power Ranger stuff because our son needs to eat. We also got a first look at the Lightning Collection Omega Rangers release, uh, thanks to a Latin American leaker. This is from Toku Nation. The set includes the Omega Red, Black, Yellow, and Blue Rangers. There are no civilian heads included, unfortunately, and this set appears to be focused on the first appearance of the Omega Rangers, as Omega Blue was in a female body type and not, you know, a large cat. So the figures do include their brand new weapons as well as admittedly recycled blast effects. But what would Hasbro figures be without recycled parts? Well, I mean, I get that it's expensive and obviously making a cat figure would just that would shoot up the price for this. Yeah. Even um, It's a little disappointing that we're not getting the civilian heads because, I mean, it's not like they haven't made these heads multiple times, but... Mm -hmm. I get the impression they might have been thinking, well, we would need more comic accurate heads. And so that's four totally different heads. So, yeah. 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 And for those I, who don't remember, the Omegas were created after Shattered Grid. Uh, it was Jason, Zach, and Trini becoming secret Power Rangers as they, you know, the Peace Conference was just a cover story or something like that. Um, but the Peace Conference is the last event from the show the comic is directly referenced. 
Yeah, I mean, it's amazing what uh, Boom Studios is doing with all of Saban's cheapness and making it all look like it was planned out. Yeah, they are the simple explanation for that. Mm-hmm. No, I believe that's I believe that's Master Green, but anyway. Uh, we also got a early, very pixelated look at the Cosmic Fury Megazord. Uh, again, they're calling them Lionzord, Bullzord, Wolfzord, Chameleozord, and Sharkzord. I haven't seen a shark that looks like that, but whatever. Let's go with it. Um, it looks similar to the Japanese version, but the uh, the Kyutama, or whatever they call them, are fixed in place. So they're not really doing that but instead they're going to go with Hasbro's uh, Zordlink gimmick. Yeah, I mean, they're only doing 10 episodes, so obviously they're only going to be able to then do so many Zord combinations. I understand trying to keep things a little bit tighter, keep things a little bit less expensive. I don't know about less expensive. We don't, I don't think we have a price point. We just have a picture. And also with San Diego Comic-Con coming up, we're getting a look at some San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Uh, in the case of Funko, uh, they will be giving us a, or giving attendees, I should say, a uh, Funko Pop Rita uh, that's exclusive to the event. Jason Bischoff, who used to work at Saban Brands uh, in Hasbro for a bit before they laid him off, he's now at Funko. He says the company found out about Robo Rita when everybody else did, so it was a little too late to do one of her, though that would have been sick. And over at Super 7, uh, they will also be at San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, uh, they are going to be selling a set of five reaction MMPR figures, which are based on the original action figure toys. They're also going to be selling the uh, Ultimate Black Black and Gold Dragon Sword, uh, Dragon Sword t-shirt, and a White Ranger t-shirt. Those will be available to purchase at the Super 7 booth at San Diego Comic-Con. And also Hasbro announced... Four more MMPR VHS style toys. The Pink Ranger, Blue Ranger, Green Ranger, and White Ranger. All, of course, what else? From Mighty Morphin. Uh, Those are available exclusively at Walmart. Some may still be available as we record this on Hasbro Pulse. I'm not checking right now. No, and these figures are actually, they're a great middle ground. Yeah. Kind of the, the super cheap, like, can't even move figures. And the Lightning Collection figures, which are now $25, $26 bucks a pop. These are nice for the middle ground for your, like, I'd say probably your 7 to 10-year-old who, uh, not saying they're, they're the only ones that can have these. I mean, how, heck, I collect right. 200. Yeah. But, um, you know, for your kids who can want a little bit more articulation, but who you don't want to spend 26 bucks a figure for. Yeah, I think for me, um, I bought like the first wave, but realized that they were kind of that they were kind of redundant because I had uh, these figures in other flavors already. But if you don't and you you know you're on a budget, these are good ideas. Remember that this new wave is exclusive to Walmart. So check your local store or go on Walmart's website. Or check Hasbro's website, see if they still have some for you. And over across uh, the Pacific, Premium Bandai uh, is putting out Shoto Super Mega Ranger toys. Uh, the full team is priced at 10,800 yen. That's about 
$90-$95 something like that uh, they're all recreated in detail with all their weaponry and cyber size which is what what galaxy gliders were called in Mega Ranger and they they look pretty nice a little bit blocky though um if I'm being honest I feel like they could be more detailed it's like the the upper chest looks more like a chest piece. If you get what I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, I I don't know this as Mega Ranger. I know this as uh, Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, obviously, the import costs might be a little bit trickier, um, especially for somebody more on, like, you know, for somebody in the States as opposed to Australia, New Zealand. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's great that Bandai is making these. Um, it's just unfortunate that we've got two different producers kind of making the same stuff rather than trying to diversify a little bit more. But they're very poseable and you can combine the weapons to form the Quadro Blaster, which is really cool. And everything's fully painted. It looks just great. And pairs nicely with the uh, Mini Plus Astro Megazord. Excuse me, Galaxy Mega. And we have some token news to get to a lot. In fact, so much that at some point, I'm not going to tell you when, it's just going to be stuff that I recorded later without Lamar. So first off, it's actually also kind of Power Rangers news. Johnny Young Bosch has joined the cast of the dub for Ultraman Blazar, the first two episodes of which are up on the Ultraman YouTube channel. He is playing Captain Gento Hiruma. This is from Tsuburaya. He is the protagonist in the English dub version of Ultraman Blazar. And the dub will be produced, is being produced, I should say, by Okotron 5000, who's worked with Tsuburaya on a few of these productions. This is honestly great for Johnny Young Bosch. He is clearly, you know, a talented actor. Um, I know there's all those old jokes about, well, they're a Power Ranger actor. He's really broken out of that mold, um, especially in the dubbing world. I mean, my goodness, he's he's Broly now, you know, like he is he's a serious um significant voice actor and it's great to see that he's getting roles like this and that you know his his reputation's building somebody pointed out like a week or so ago that he also voiced kit in the common rider dragon knight game on the wii so in a really kind of roundabout way he managed to be in both power and not just power rangers but also common rider and ultraman which is really cool and the rest of the dub cast includes um, Keith Silverstein, Rico Fajardo, and Madeline Doro. And there have been, you know, episodic appearances from people like the like Power Rangers alum, Michael Sorich. So that dub is releasing episode by episode on the Tsuburai YouTube. And in further Toku news, Toy has tapped Shinichiro Shirakura to be the general manager of the newly established character strategy department. Oricon News reports that he will be tasked with promoting these Sentai and Kamen Rider franchises internationally, including in North America. It's unclear 
how his goals will intersect at all with the rights currently held by Hasbro in most of the West to Power Rangers, of course, as well as existing contracts with the likes of Discotech, Shout Factory, Media Blasters in regards to Common Rider. Also, there is a new trailer out from Toy for the Abra Ranger 20th anniversary film titled Unforgivable Abare. It features the five Abra Rangers reuniting, I should say, against a new threat, only to find their particular style of fighting is seen as overly violent in today's world. As their place, the Abra Rangers wonder for warriors like them in the Reiwa era, that is from Toku Nation. The film will receive a limited theatrical release in September with a home media release scheduled for March of 2024. And in Ultraman News, Anime News Network reports that Tsuburaya announced that the Ultraman licensing program began, that began, I should say, in 2018 and is now called Live Action Ultraman, reflecting all the live action TV series as opposed to the animated series. Uh, the newly renamed licensing program has expanded across over 50 different Ultras and 1,500 Kaiju. This program will provide Tsuburaya licensees with more options across categories like video games, costumes, housewares, etc. English dub versions of shows including Ultraman Z will be released on the franchise's YouTube channel and the Ultraman Connection website. They're also working with Marvel to create a comic book crossover miniseries featuring Ultraman along with Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Captain Marvel. Uh, no immediate word on when that's out, but the uh, upcoming Ultraman CG animated film will hit Netflix in 2024. Also, Shin Kamen Rider will be hitting Amazon Prime on July 21st. We'll be hitting over 200 countries. I've seen the logo, and that's the bad news. The logo just says Shin Master Rider in really, really ugly font. Um, the fonts will worsen until morale improves. And also, in other Tokusatsu film news, Godzilla Minus One, the first teaser, is out, and it hits theaters in Japan December, and I believe North American theaters not long after. Uh, it is from writer, director, and effects whiz Takashi Yamazaki, who is doing the writing, directing, and effects for Godzilla Minus One. Uh, he's worked with the animation and effects house Shirogumi. He won the Japan Academy Film Prize for Best Director and Best Screenplay in 2006. He has also directed live-action adaptations of the anime Parasite and Space Battleship Yamato. He also directed the CGI film Lupin the Third the First. And Toho has launched two e-commerce sites. One will be all Godzilla all the time, or rather they're going to launch them. This is out of Variety. They poached Kristen Parcell from Crunchyroll at the end of last year. They uh, foresee the two initiatives as a business with eventually more than $100 million revenue. And the operation includes anime and brand experts, brand experts, I'd say, on Godzilla in particular, uh, well, specialists in merchandising, buying, and fashion. These sites will go live sometime this summer. And we'll be back in a moment. Here's a word from some friends of the show. My nephew liked the Power Rangers. And I did this on his birthday where he had all his friends around. They were like, Green Ranger? I said, let me show you the real Sentai. I'm going to show you the episode where Green Ranger actually died. And they were sitting there looking. A couple kids started crying like, no, Green Ranger can't be daddy. And the parents were like, 
Why are you showing our kids? The Anime World Order Podcast. Not suitable for children because the truth hurts. Visit us online at www.animeworldorder.com. Now, while I got you, I also want to tell you about Manta Sleep. They make sleep masks that promise 100% blackout with zero pressure on your eyes. I use one of their weighted sleep masks, because I'm also one of the weighted blanket kind of guys. It's done wonders for my sleep quality, let me tell you. Now, they recently introduced the Manta Sleep Mask Silk. It's gentle in your skin and hair. It's great for side sleepers, and it's silk, so it's super breathable. Use the link in our show notes to get 10% off any of their inventory. Plus, it's free shipping for all domestic orders. So check them out. Manta Sleep, it'll really improve your nights. Take from me. You know... I'm the kaiju guy now, thanks to the Monster Island Film Fault, but before that I was the superhero guy. I wonder if there's a way I could combine those. Hey, Nathan. I'm Travis from Kaiju Weekly. Yeah, I'm here because I need a co-host for a new Toku Heroes podcast. Oh? What's it called? Him. Shin! Standing by. Complete. That's right, heroes. We are the Henshin Men, a tokusatsu superheroes appreciation podcast. Join us as we watch several episodes of a TV series from the wide world of Henshin heroes and discuss their merits and cultural significance. Starting with one of my all-time favorites, the original Kamen Rider from 1971. We'll give out awards for things like the best action scenes and crazy what the Henshin moments. So hear us every Monday in your favorite podcatcher to get your weekly rider kicks. Gotta go, because we only have a minute to henshin it. And we are back. Now, the big story that we teased at the top of the episode, Power Rangers is officially moving its production out of New Zealand. Leases were up. They cleared out all of the rangery props and suits and everything else has been shipped back to storage in America. They auctioned off apparently everything non-rangery, struck the sets, cleared out the offices, all gone. First reported by One News in New Zealand, and there are people in the New Zealand film and television community who are blaming tax credits, which is really what drew Power Rangers to New Zealand in the first place blaming this race to the, bro- the bottom by jurisdictions across the globe as the reason why. Now, we don't know where they're headed to. We don't know. We really don't know much of anything yeah. about what the show's future holds beyond who's in charge of it. And with the writer's strike, you know, because Hollywood producers continue to bargain in bad faith, we, you know, it should be noted here, we do stand with the writers. With the writer's strike, we don't really know when we're going to know anything. But that's all off the distance. The short term right now is uh, Cosmic Fury, which is in post-production. Uh, Simon Bennett did drop some good news and some bad news. The good news, he said, is... Uh, There'll be no moral of the week episodes, no obligatory comedy duo scenes, no uh, CGI explosions. It'll be all practical explosions, no filler, obviously, because it's only 10 episodes. Uh, Character and story threads throughout the whole season, personalized unique weapons, original monster characters, 
more music from Bert Sullen and a new theme song. Now here's the bad news. There will be a new voice for Z. You know, and characters change voices all the time. But according to Simon Bennett, Andrew Lang quit because he was tired of being bullied. I mean, this is the guy who voiced Vengex and of course Evox. He's voiced a number of monster and villain characters over the years and he was straight like he left because he was tired of getting bullied on the internet and if you're listening to this and if you were doing that i don't want to know you yeah no i mean honestly it's one of those things where i think so often people also forget that like yes this is something that you know people enjoy and that we all care about but also this is the man's job he you shouldn't be bullied for the job you do as long as it's not like you know crack dealer or something like that you know um the man did a good job he obviously was struggling to replace you know an irreplaceable voice actor but he did his best he didn't do a bad job i liked him um it took a little getting used to but that's because you know we all have robert robert axelrod's head in our uh voice in our head but certainly um he shouldn't have had to to have this experience i mean you have a guy who's been a dependable voice in the power book rotation he was also master lope in jungle fury uh, and you chase him out why like you're you're not going to get robin axelrod he's not around anymore but, I mean, I haven't encountered any, like, I don't even know where he is on social media or where he was in social media or, or what the deal is. But, you know, again, if, if you're doing this, why? Like, you know, go touch grass. Yeah, I mean, again, these are people's livelihoods. Um, you know, this is... It might be something that we're all passionate about. And it's probably, you know, Power Rangers was probably something that he was passionate about and enjoyed. But this isn't helping. This is actively hurting the franchise. And it, it makes the rest of us fans look pretty terrible. Yeah. And, you know, for a while now, actors have been told to stay away from Ranger Board. If only it were feasible for them to stay away from the internet because nothing good happens there. Well, that's a different conversation for a different podcast. Ay, ay, ay. But anyway, back to the, the bigger news, the broader news, I should say, of the future of production. I am bummed. You know, even though I guess we probably could have seen it coming, you know, the fact that all of Entertainment One's other shows are produced somewhere other than Auckland, it didn't make sense probably logistically to have Power Rangers be filmed so far away as opposed to Atlanta or Vancouver or something like that. Right. Although I can't imagine places, if it's just a matter of money, short of North Korea, I can't imagine a place cheaper than New Zealand to film. Um, and obviously North Hold Korea... Hold on, you're, you're, you're going to give John Hasbro ideas. Uh, I certainly hope not. <laughs> um, like, like we, we thought we were t- tired of you know having an ace up every episode you know already 
Oh, gosh. No. Um, that shows the pain tribute to the dear leader every week. <laughs> no. Um, my guess is, I mean, Hasbro seems to be leaning much more heavily into the MMPR history than any of the preceding owners. And I understand that. You know, they're the, the big brand. My guess would be this opportunity. This is they're taking it as an opportunity to analyze and figure out, do they maybe want to try and either do a new live action series with Min as a central character? Do they maybe want to do an animated series? Well, Jonathan Entwistle, who has a contract with Entertainment One, as does Jenny Klein. He has indicated that whatever happens next is going to be in a new universe. So however good the special does, that's the future of the show in the medium and long term. There's no sign yet yet that there will be anything more done in terms of follow-ons to once and always. Yeah, I mean, Uh, that falling here... Ultimately, we don't know until... We don't know until we know. Decisions, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I I am going to miss um, not just the regular players like like Kelson Henderson, like James Galen, uh, like Campbell Cooley, and all the other um, excellent actors who we've gotten to see and hear over the last 20 years, which is... Twice as long as the show spent in LA, I'm going to miss a lot of the locations. You know, even if some of them were used pretty often, like Wainui Quarry or or Spark Arena or all these places that seem just absolutely like this unique beauty that you can find nowhere else on the planet. Mm-hmm. No, that that quarry is a special place in my heart. Um, so. We'll um we'll see what they do next. I I don't know what they're planning on doing. I mean, heck, <laughs> wouldn't it be a real kicker if they decide to start filming in Japan? Or you know, they can go back to Colonial Angel Grove in Australia. See, but then you moved everything across the Pacific two times, and then they're going to be competing with Bluey, and I don't think anyone wants to do that. How much filling space does Bluey take up? I was more talking about the uh, the bandwidth of the Australian children. <laughs> I have a, a toddler at home, so naturally Bluey has taken over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we really don't know where they're going to end up. Uh, I, I guess for now, all we can really do is look forward to Cosmic Fury whenever that drops. And uh, Simon also dropped a little bit of a preview of Cosmic Fury. No... No trailer or anything, obviously, but he said that the first episode opens with the most ambitious single-take shot attempt in the show as we jump straight into a full-noise battle on a distant planet. That sounds awesome, and I really look forward to seeing you know, what he means by that. Now, what will you miss the most about New Zealand? Oh, gosh. I mean, so so much of the geography, obviously, as you were saying, is irreplaceable. But it's also become familiar. There are places that I feel like if I go to New Zealand, um, if I don't recognize it from Lord of the Rings, I'm going to recognize it from Power Rangers. Um, Those two franchises did a great job at selling New Zealand as a great place to visit. 
Um, and we, you know, my wife and I, we'd love to see New Zealand at some point. So it's, it's really sad that that's, you know, Power Rangers isn't going to be a part of the New Zealand landscape anymore. But hopefully wherever it does end up, it'll, you know, create a similar impact. I, th I think as obvious the things were that they were doing to get the tax credit, like the things they were doing in, um, in Dino, Dino Charge, I should say, uh, like having a couple of episodes set in New Zealand or having, um, you know, the Pavlova that actually got some heat in New Zealand for being a, a bit too cynical, a cash grab for the tax credit, such that the rules were actually tightened so that Power Rangers no longer qualified for uh, the larger grant. They still hired Kiwi performers as Rangers, but had them just do an American accent. I think, um, I think I'll definitely miss the scenery. I think I said that, but I'll miss like the, the cityscapes and all that. Like, it had a look unique to anything else on television because so few other shows are filmed in New Zealand. I mean, for American consumption, like, you know, you have Ash versus evil dead or, you know, the evil dead rise or probably a couple other shows out there. Uh, but it, it had this, like this feel to it. That was the unique, uniquely its own. It's hard to put a finger on it. No, absolutely. And you know, compared to like Vancouver, which was in every Arrowverse show. Mm -hmm. No, and I'm going to miss the uh, the fake American accents that I always thought was the uh, Californian accent when I was a kid. Um, when uh, some of the the actors, some did better than others with their their American accents. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely am going to miss, you know, catching little accent slips. Every now and then, it, it's a fun little game my wife and I will play when we're watching. Yeah, and I, I think also at Auckland, more so than L.A., you were catching actors on the you know very ground floor of their careers, and it was probably more rewarding to see actors come out of that and then across the pond for their meal ticket. Though I, I think, in a yeah. weird way, I think actors from the New Zealand era, uh, of the ones who've done well in their careers, have done better than their predecessors. Oh, for sure. I mean, Rose McIver is the, the poster child for that. She's had, she's headlined two separate television series, and I don't know if anyone else in Ranger history has done that. Yeah, that's right. And you have, you have Adelaide Kane, Ika Darville. He's Australian, but you get the picture. And it's really cool to have been able to watch these actors build their careers from scratch after appearing on the show. And also see them grow as actors. You know, I mean, yeah, a, a lot of them, they, this was their first job. Now, admittedly, I would not want to be, you know, I would not want to be remembered for my first job out of high school. But it's cool to see them develop and like, oh, they're getting better. They're, they're doing a better job at like bringing more nuance into their characters and then seeing that carry through in future projects. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what will you miss most about Power Rangers New Zealand era? You can comment on our Facebook page, hit us up on Twitter, 
or hit the voicemail button on our website. So I do have one thing to plug. I am the head of marketing for MuryokuCon, a anime and video game convention in Baltimore, September 29th to October 1st. You can go to our website, MuryokuCon.com. It'll be linked in our show notes. You can sign up for a hotel. You can book your hotel room, I should say, by the end of August, and you'll be entered for a VIP upgrade to your badge. And Lamar, what do you have to plug uh, yeah, actually, I was recently cast as Ant-Man in an upcoming Avengers audio drama, which will be releasing in September. So keep an eye out for Avenger audio drama. Um, that'll be across all the socials. The uh, producer is also the host of MCU Lorecast, so make sure to hit up his uh, production as well. And uh, keep an eye out for Avengers audio drama. It'll be a lot of fun. And I would also like to give a shout out to the folks at Voices from the Grid, the Power Just podcast who hosted a panel at AwesomeCon. They're really nice people, and you should Google their show. I do not have the URL handy. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. If you like what you just heard, find us at rangercast.net or look us up in your favorite podcast app. Reach out to us on Twitter or leave a voicemail on our website. The opening theme is by Daniel Park. The ending theme is by me. RangerCast is distributed under Creative Commons license. A tribute and share alike.